976 Evil. See the terror in your local movie theater. Now hear the horror on your telephone. Dial this number for your horror scope. Eerie stories of horror and fright. Supernatural thrillers of evil in the night. The future was never so terrifying. Dial now. We dare you. <laughs> Two dollars the first minute, 45 cents each additional minute. Children, get your parents' permission before you dial. Phantasm. Maximum terror. That's your target audience, baby! Phantasm. You know something? I sort of enjoyed it. Phantasm. Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! What the fuck is up and welcome to Phantasm Podcast. I'm Corey Gorechrist. With me, Dr. Vincent West. How are you? You doing okay? I am fantastic. I had forgot that Robert England directed this movie. He did. That was just Which insane. Which listening at home probably knows what we'll watch. Maybe. Well, Doctor, why don't you tell him anyway? We are watching uh, 976 Evil. <laughs> 976 Evil, a terrifying new movie from Robert England. Now, horror has a brand new number. 976 Evil, rated R. Starts Friday, March 24th at a theater near you. With Stephen Joffrey from Fright Night. Yep, with Fright Night fame, I guess. Which features evil himself, uh, Stephen Joffrey, absolutely. 1988. Um, this movie is very fun. I, from what I remember of it, I really enjoy it. It came on a lot when I was younger. This was always a pretty good. The out of print Blu-ray. Excuse me, out of print Blu-ray. This is very expensive. Oh, I bet. It's a hundred dollar item. Wow. Yeah, Sony pretty, put it in physically, and then it went out of print pretty quick. And then it's one of those rides I probably almost slept on it and bought it anyway, and now it's worth a lot of money. So there you go. It's weird. Yeah, it's a good B movie. It was good, uh, you know, running from Blockbuster or Hollywood Video. This was probably something you definitely came across and watched. Uh, or you were a weirdo like me inside of the theater. Yeah, or just straight up saw it at the theater. Which, what sold it to me in Fangoria, obviously, it's like Robert England, Robert England, Robert England, Robert England. Sure. Because, amazingly, if you can believe this, I don't remember them ever going, hey, it's the dude that played evil from Fright Night. If I'm not mistaken, I think I saw this movie before I saw Fright Night. So I think this was the first time I had seen Stephen Joffrey's and then... Soft right night. So that's yeah, it is. Um, basically, the little synopsis here is that people who die all nine seven six evil receive supernatural powers and turn into satanic killers. It's pretty death metal. 
And there you go. The, the makeup effects right there is Kevin Yeager, uh, who worked on a little movie called uh, Freddy's Revenge. Nightmare on Elm Street yeah, Part 2. Uh, and he also did uh, Child's Play 2, which is great. another great one. Uh, yeah, when Spike dialed 976 Evil, he knew it was an expensive toll call, but he didn't know he'd have to pay for it with his soul. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Death metal premise. What do we got on the marquee here in the, the theater? horror marathon all seats a dollar nine. God, man. Makes me miss the dollar theater. Makes me miss the 80s. Yeah, well. <laughs> Can't take that journey with you. Nice. There's a Midnight Oil post. Midnight Oil poster with my hick accent. Midnight Oil. Anyway, Midnight, Midnight Oil. Oil poster. There's Clockwork Orange. Yeah, Clockwork Orange. Yep, there's uh, Iron Maiden Killers back there. Uh, run DMC. Yep, Run DMC. But the Midnight Oil. Oil. Midnight Oil. Midnight Oil. <laughs> I love that band. They are a Australian um, new wave band. I love them. Mid, um, midnight all. Yep. No, it's all. <laughs> midnight all. Yep. I totally hooked that one up, Florida style. But yeah, good with your loud southern voice. Really, yeah. There's a maniac poster. Yep, I saw that maniac. Right, right behind the guy's flat top. Aim for the flat top. He, he had a mean flat top on. Where is he at? That's pretty. It's pretty bad, actually. Just a bunch of fucking goons. That guy looks familiar. I can't think of what it is, but he looks very familiar. So we'll we'll get the cast going in a second. He's got his little ponytail. Oh, I think I know who that is. I think he's the dude from uh, Corky Romano. He's one of the brothers. I can't read. He's like the illiterate brother. I'm pretty sure. I think so. That's who that looks like anyway. And that would be very weird that he's in this movie. Um, I don't know if it's Patrick O'Brien. Let's see. Well, that is Spike in this film. I don't think that's who it is, though. There's old Stephen Joffreys with his National Geographic and Kitty Cat and his weird-ass grandma or mom, whoever that's supposed to be. It's just bizarre. Yeah, I have no idea. Who those people are. You know, we do this. We don't watch it with uh, with the sound on. So we just kind of subtitle it. So sometimes you don't really catch shit when I'm trying to look this stuff up and Absolutely. watch at the same time. Oh, yeah, there you go. It's tasking, kids. It's tasking. There's some uh, <coughs> African-American woman in her National Geographic titties. Not much of them. He's you know sitting here in his jammies, trying to pop a trying to pop a boner. So that's a very weird way to start the film. Nine seven six boner. If I can figure out who this guy is. How about nine seven six nut? <laughs> and nine seven six cream. I don't know. 
But I guess that's not who I was thinking of. If that is nine seven six nut, just feels more natural. <laughs> if it this rolls is rolls off the tongue, if and it, it feels like nine seven six nut, <laughs> or just nine seven six come, or nine seven six not, or just how about nut seven six? Yeah, nut seven six. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that's the guy I was thinking of. If that's Spike, I don't know who this this guy is yet. I mean, a couple of guys playing poker looks familiar to me, kind of. So that was that. Hi, Spike. This is just weird. He's just a fucking little goober. Uh, but anyway, we'll we'll let this ride out. That is Pat O'Brien. He hasn't been in a lot of stuff. He was in um, No Holds Barred, that wonderful movie with uh, Hulk Hogan, which is pretty funny, actually. Um, other than that, really not much else, notably. Uh... This is probably the most thing he's, you know, he did. He was in the sequel, too, so. Very interesting. We'll just pop off some trivia here. See if there's enough of it. Uh, Robert England met his wife, set decorator Nancy Booth, while making this film. It's very interesting. Uh, Robert England claims that the cats in the film would always follow direction, but he was horribly frustrated with the spiders that would barely move once released. Uh, the bathroom graffiti R&N was placed by a set decorator, Nancy Booth, for Robert England to find them in the dallies after they started dating. Oh, that's so sweet. Stephen Joffreys, who played Evil Ed in Fright Night, can be seen standing beside a Fright Night poster in the El Diablo projection room. So that's pretty cool. Do you, Nick Cage from uh, Honeyman in Vegas. That's just so wonderful to hear. <laughs> Not that that has anything to do with anything. The exterior of the El Diablo Theater was actually a model which was four feet long and two feet high. Robert England states that the miniatures were inserted using a technique called inner vision. Is the guy in the fridge right now on your screen? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I was dealing with the nonsense I told you about. Old Spike is... Uh... Did you hear me? Yeah. Or... Old, old Spike is chilling, trying to find some creeping around for it's some not, eats. It looks incredibly familiar to me, and I don't know why. Well, that's what I was saying, but it's not the guy who I thought it was. He's the only other notable thing he's done is he was in the sequel to this, but he was also in No Holds Barred with Hulk Hogan. He's done very minimal. That's where I know him. Yeah, that's his like big movie, I guess. He also kind of looks like a Friday the Thirteenth victim. Yeah. Well, in the name of Seth Peter, do you think you're down, boy? So you think he's some badass guy smoking cigarettes in his house? and Oh, he's trying to rob uh, all hoaxes house, which is Stephen Joffrey's there. She's going to get the strap out. That's wonderful. What's weird uh, is he kind of looks like... He does and he doesn't, but he kind of looks like Ethan Hawke. Yeah, a little bit. Ethan Hawke literally looked like that around the same time, right? Yeah. 
Well, Patrick O'Brien hasn't done much, but he was Spike in 976 Evil. Very cool. Mindy Seeger was cast as the victim after the actress initially intended for the part couldn't show up. J.J. Uh, Cohen lost about 30 pounds for his role as Marcus. Uh, James Legro was originally considered for the role of Spike before Patrick O'Brien was cast, a.k.a. Ethan Hawke over here. That's weird. See, this is the kind of stupid shit that uh, IMDb people post on this stuff because you run into a lot of it, not all the time, but they tend to repeat themselves with different sentences because I think any asswad can come on here and just like put a fact about the film. Right. Um, so this one, this is, this is one of those things where somebody just had to, they must've like had a couple beers or something before they just felt like they had to contribute on IMDb. Like they were, you know, just like a SAG writer. I don't know what the fuck it is, but just says, you know, this guy thinks he's Leonard Malton. It's like the name of the movie theater is El Diablo, which is Spanish for the devil. Wow. Thank you for that amazing trivia. I had no idea. <coughs> it's just it's fucking stupid. And it's raining fish. That's fucking disgusting. Really good rain effect too. Yeah, there you go. That is bizarre. When Hoax casts the spell that makes spiders come out of the Susie's TV dinner, there's a bunch of a free TV dinner. There's a bunch of snack cakes behind the TV dinner called Devil Twins. Another one. It's like kind of whatever. In order to complete his ritual with the spiders, Hoax uses Devil's Root, which has leaves that resemble a devil's tail. Okay. Thank you. That's probably all those three things were probably from the same fucking person that were loaded and were just like... Man, there's a lot of weird stuff about, like, the devil in this movie about the devil. It's just weird, man. Did you know that El Diablo is Spanish for the devil? And there's devil cakes, devil twins, devil tails, man. It's fucking crazy, dude. Although Robert England and Sinatel had a falling out after Sinatel elected to distribute their producer's cut theatrically, they buried the hatchet when the film was released to home video and England's director's cut. Happy with their agreement, Sinatel started courting England for part two. His idea would have involved a cursed uh, crisis line. Here's another drunk fact from somebody who was loaded. <clears throat> Spike's ah. usual favorite food at the diner is deviled egg sandwich. <laughs> uh, Leslie Dean's feature film debut and first nude scene. So we got a Mr. Skinless to come later. Uh, Mindy Seeger is credited in the opening credits, but is not in the final cast. Uh, a rape scene between Marcus and Susie was filmed, but later removed. It is missing from both the rated R cut and unrated cuts, which is good because I really don't like watching that shit. So that's that. But the facts, not a lot of good facts. A lot of them were just stupid. See, I'm, I actually think that's shocking because you, a lot of people at home don't know this. Corey loves to masturbate to the rape scene in Clockwork Orange, but I guess that's something different. <laughs> <clears throat> that must be a different type of thing. Yeah, I don't put it in the same category as uh, as a rape scene. You know, it's it's just different. It's just a Stanley Kubrick scene. <laughs> It's its own you, level. You know what's funny? I, I'm, 
all joking aside that right that 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 scene in that it, it's actually it's too much yeah and then him singing afterward because i can't hear that song the same ever again so anytime singing in the rain. yeah anytime singing in the rain comes on i'm like i'm singing in the rape and i i it's awful like i don't want that to be something singing in the rape. but that yeah but that's how polarizing that movie is and just how like insane it is because it stuck with me hearing that and it's not a good thing pretty clever joke i've never heard that yeah because he's he's not singing singing in the rape i know i I thought he was maybe i heard it wrong no he's not is this guy getting jerked off what is that i can't tell they're in like a, a crack house fucking bathroom no he just got kicked in the head it looked like he was jerking that dude off I'd love for just one Oof. day when I'm... That guy looks very familiar to me, too. The guy in this stupid hat. He does. He looks like a fucking Power Rangers villain. He's definitely in something, too. I just don't know. It's hard, like I said, to figure out the names of these people when you're not... Even with the subtitles, a lot of times it'll say... Certain movies, it'll say who it is talking each time, so you kind of know what the characters are. Other times, it just... There's a bunch of dialogue running over the screen, so I can't tell who the fuck's who. And I have an ad. Oh, shit. <clears throat> Series premiere of Snake Oil, whatever the fuck that is. Had David Spade 1549 on is right. what we're... I'm back already. That was a very short ad. All right, 46, well, 47. All right, I'm paused on 49 right now. Do it, do it, do it. All right, we're good. We're a team, Spike. He's forcibly jerking off a dude in a rundown school bathroom. Uh, we'll do continuity errors. Let's see. In the opening scene, you can see that the phone is in the distance, as well as some of the pre-electrocution shots as a rotor. This guy's hair real quick. It's just bothering. Oh, no. He's got it, like, uh, greased up on one side. Greaser man bun? Is that what we're doing? It's more like a... What do they call it? He's got that weird like henchman ponytail, but he's not one. I don't know. He's, right. he's like half greaser, half Russy or whatever. He's like some Russian mob guy. I don't know. Uh, during the electrocution shots, the phone is now a touch tone phone. It was a rotor. What about this chick? Is she in anything else? I don't know. She's kind of hot. See, look. <laughs> Oh, he can't even drive a fucking Vespa, man. I mean, he's it's like, oh, I'll be okay. <laughs> Jeez, he, he, it's like nine seven six Rudy. <laughs> oh man, he's supposed to be some kind of helpless nerd, more or less, if more PC way of saying right, that. right, right, and not right. a nine seven six Rudy, as we'll call him. Uh, that's more what we're getting from it. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, he's just. Not all there, I don't think. He's just kind of a... Well, funny story yeah. about this movie. So this yeah. w- this movie, when they put it out on Blu-ray, it was really hard to find because Sony put it out. Yeah. And I've never opened it. So I haven't watched this since I probably watched it at the theater. Yeah, that's a long time. Maybe if I rented this at some point in the early 90s or mid-90s, maybe. And that's it. That's the last time I watched this movie. I haven't seen it in years. Wow. Um, she goes to torch the business card and the phone rings. I thought we had a deal. Uh, 
when they are putting Hoax's head inside of a. Yeah. When they're putting Hoax's head inside of the toilet in the boys' bathroom at the school, his hair and face are all wet. A few seconds later, when his cousin saves him, it's completely dry. That's the scene where I thought he was whacking that dude off. Uh, when Hoax gets sick, dissecting the frog, he removes the surgical glove from his right hand. Then in the mirror in the bathroom, it's back, and he pulls it out. His hair, when he's attacking the thug, it's gone, and then when he cuts off, there's another thug's hand, it's back. If you were able to decipher any of that, good for you. You won. Uh, when Susie and Hoax are sitting eating pizza in a diner, the messiness of his hair changes throughout the scene. Susie is preparing a free TV dinner in her home. She puts the dinner in the oven. Yikes. Yeah, that's a nice uh, heel phone. It's like a, that's pretty cool. High heel phone. Susie and Hoax are sitting eating pizza in the diner. Uh, When Susie is preparing the TV dinner, she puts the dinner in the oven and then puts a timer for 25 minutes. But when do they, when they do a close up of the, when they do a close up of the clock, it says 15 minutes. Uh, Spike calls a 976 number from a public pay phone without depositing any money. Only private phone lines let you call premium phone numbers without paying up front. Uh, when the phone booth when a phone booth explodes in the opening scene, they were used there was wire used to throw the stuntman around is clearly visible albeit through a bunch of flames. Uh, when Hoax pulls up to Susie's house on his moped, you can tell it's a stuntman. He's more muscular than Stephen Joffrey's and has longer hair in the back. That's pretty funny. See, I like to read some of that stuff before it comes up, but sometimes you just have to remember if you even saw it or not. What's weird is this guy on screen right now feels like he's more the star of this than anybody. He is, yeah. I think he's more... He's the guy that turns evil, I'm pretty sure. I always thought it was Stephen Joffrey's today because I haven't seen this in a long time. I don't really... I thought it was Stephen Joffrey. I don't know. I, like I said, it's been a Maybe Stephen Joffrey's does it. Maybe, sometime in the 90s. Maybe 976 Rudy turns into it, and then Patrick has to stop them, or Spike, whatever. He's like the, the hero of the, of the movie. No idea. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure that Stephen Joffrey's or Hoax or whatever, he turns into the the, the demon satanic killer and then this uh see that that's just weird well here we go he's gonna do the horoscope thing maybe not we'll see now jim Meltzer is the guy that's been looking through him in the window okay trying to see what he's he's been in a quite a bit of stuff is any of it notable? I have no idea. So let's see. He's got a lot, ton of fucking credits here dating back to 79. With Squeeze Play being his first movie. That sounds like a porn. It does. Uh, that's very weird. Let me see what this is before we go any further. His first movie was Squeeze Play. The male softball team is challenged by a female softball team to see who is best. It still sounds like a porn. <laughs> But it's, you know what else? You know what else sounds like a porn? Nine seven six anal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sort of sounds like a porn, doesn't it? No, it does. Yeah, absolutely. They have to call a, a hot and horny phone line. 
That's pretty funny. See, his first three movies sounds like porns. This is Jim Meltzer, who's that that guy who looks like a like a male porn star across the street here. He's he's watching uh, Spike here go in and out of this telephone booth. So his first three movies: Squeeze Play, Four Friends, and Tex. All three of those sound like porn names. Tex is actually a really good movie. And uh, Princess Daisy, it's a TV series. Oh my god. Uh, the Best Times. River's Edge. River's Edge is one of the best movies ever made. <clears throat> and he is Mr. Burkwaite in that movie. That movie's the shit. Keanu Reeves, kids. Yep. You like Bill Wick, go watch a Dr. West classic. Go watch River's Edge. Dennis Hopper, Christian, Crispin Glover. It's a great movie. See Murder by and Night. I'm going to remake this movie. But it's, I'll let y'all guess if it's going to be an adult film or not. It's going to be called 976 Rim Job. <laughs> this is where I think I've seen him. It's uh, Waxwork 2 Lost in Time. He is Roger. Great, great movie. That's where I think I've seen old Jim Meltzer. L.A. Confidential, he was a city councilman. That's a great movie. It is good. It's good. Oh, here you go. He was in one episode of Sliders as Jonathan Griffin. Fucking awesome. That's that's who just uh speared him out of the way. That's who Jim Meltzer is. I have an I had an eight, seven, six, fuck. five, fuck, four, fuck, three, fuck, two, fuck, one, fuck. And what? I'm on that. Uh twenty five minutes, twelve seconds is where I stopped. Uh let's see if there's anything else. Let's see a sign New York. So GM ad with Jamie Foxx. I love Jamie Foxx, so he's healthy now, I'm not sick. Saw an episode of Dexter and Mad Men. I think those are the last things he if really Jamie did. If Jamie Foxx had died, it would have like mentally kind of melted me. Yeah, I love Jamie. Our Fox. world, our world is better off with Jamie Foxx in it. I think, but that's just me. Oh and shit! Why, why is Wayne Gretzky in this ad? It's just weird. He's your favorite. This, so this is where I'm, that I am back right now at twenty five. Uh, I'm paused at 25.17. All right. I'm going to sync up. And now, play. Got the chick taking the order at the diner. She's kind of attractive for some reason. A little bit, yeah. He's going to get his deviled egg sandwich. (laughs) Um, So, J.J. Cohen, I was looking at some of the other... Actors here, and you mentioned you, you've recognized one that was in the, the poker scene or card scene, whatever it was. Yes. So J.J. Cohen plays a character named Skinhead. He was one of the goons uh, in Back to the Future. Oh, yeah, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. He's part of Biff's gang. Yep, he was one of them. Awesome. He's actually an... an uh, the hard way or the easy way. The easy way. He's in actually a few things. He was in an episode of Baywatch. Oh my God! It just says named dude. Falling out of that skirt. Uh, oh hell yeah! She's got like nothing in. Oh wow! Uh, Pacific there Blue. That's the imagination there. Yeah, Third Rock from the Sun. Pacific Blue. He was in an episode of. He was Rhodey Scully and Almost Famous, and that's awesome. So this is nine seven six anal now. Yes, it is. And 976 Rim Job, my sequel. This is Leslie Dean, I'm assuming. 
Well, she's and also... just to be clear about the 976 rim job, it's the ladies giving the rim jobs, not receiving them. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right, Corey. The girl's eating the man's butt. <laughs> she also plays Tracy in Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. That's very cool. I like her little titties. Yeah. And old Mr. Skinless here, you got it. Roughly 27 minutes and five seconds, you see some of uh, Leslie Dean's little titties. There you go. They're very nice. That's the perfect size. It's all Dr. West needs. Yep, and you there got were a lot the, of those top ladies running around Disney. Yep, and you got the over-the-pants uh, uh, clam roll here. Very cool. Some soft core for you. Zero penetration, folks. Just all, all clam strip. And he's having the time of his life. There you go. He is having the time of his life. He just nine seven six nutted. He did nine seven six nut. <laughs> and she also plays uh, Jody. Well, what is this? What is this? Oh man, that's hilarious. Is this a porn? Apparently it's a it's a parody of Pulp Fiction. It's called Plump Fiction. <laughs> Wait, do what? Now? And she's in the movie as Jody, uh, the Gimp, which is really bizarre that she's that's who she plays in it. It's called Plump Fiction. <laughs> I have no idea. It just looks like a stupid, like comedy. But I, it, anything with that name, you would think it wasn't. You know. Just says follows the plot of Pulp Fiction. Scenes from other movies are also parodied. So it's like you know ninety seven, uh, like a David Zucker kind of movie. I'm sure like anything like that was of just a mashup of parodies from movies that year. Right. Makes sense. So he just had his his hot night of uh, over the pants riding. I don't know. I think he might have been inside her. I don't know. It didn't look like his pants were on, except for he might have just had the. I think he had his dong through his through his fucking pee hole. <laughs> he did the. But I can tell you this. He did the unzipping. She, I just want to be very specific. She's a she's a hot little number. Yeah. I mean, you know, even if there wasn't penetration, I'd I love take... the hair, love the stockings, I love the outfit. I don't think she's got any undies on. No, nope, she's putting on his his uh, trousers. There you go. I love that she kept that jacket on when she took that yuck. Yep, that yuck. <laughs> Look, you got a uh, old hoax here. He's just like, I think they banged. It's weird. Hey, look, he's going to sniff her panties. Please tell me he's going to do the, the Dr. West. Do it. He's do taking it. it with him. I mean, he was trying to steal his food earlier. So it's like, well, I'll steal your uh, little girlfriend's panties. Because I'm a little fucking weirdo. <laughs> well, he's like, God, I wonder if they fucked in this seat. He's just perving around in there. It's, it's hilarious. Well, see, Doctor West would have huffed the seat where they broke. <clears throat> see, there's skinhead right there from Back to the Future. That's so weird. That's weird. We were just talking about it earlier too. Usually happens here at Phantasm. The it's par- all connected. The parallels with all the shit or uh, synchronicity, as people call it. I always just called it a circle thing, where things just kind of run together 
throughout the day, and they all mm-hmm. interconnect. It's called oh, Critter's Poster. Very nice. The one above it is either Evil Dead or it could be uh. There's a Fright Night one there. The one above it looked like uh, Graveyard Shift or Tales from the Hood. I couldn't tell. Dawn of the There's Dead. A concert. Yeah, Dawn of the Dead. There's the Maniac poster in better frame there. See, that guy with the hat I recognize, too, as you said. He looks familiar, too. So, See if we can track him down. That actually does not say Run DMC. It says Run DMO. Even weirder. So I don't know what that means. Okay, so that one guy wasn't skinhead. That they just they show with the the cash signs. He was somebody else. Now, just to let everybody know, Joffrey's is dialing into the future, and he's calling nine seven six rim job because <laughs> he's ready to empty his fucking sack all over his fucking clothes. <laughs> what he needs to do is call nine seven six Vespa because he fucking wrecked his the other day. <laughs> I mean, he just he just crashed the living shit out of it. <laughs> like, hello, this is nine seven six Vespa. <laughs> I honestly can't look at him without going my name is not evil Yeah, I just hear a stupid laugh you're so cool Brewster yep. you're so cool Brewster <laughs> he's got that name is really not evil he's like alright evil really he's annoying like, laugh not evil. and the scene in Fright Night I'll just say the transformation thing when he turns into like that rat thing it's fucking disturbing as shit that whole the whole trend it'd be funny if wally was jacking off but he, he <laughs> uh, i have an ad ad sorry ad wouldn't it be funny if, if he was whacking off of those undies and he's just like i'm gonna come oh so slowly <laughs> anyway it's terrifying so the guy that i thought was uh skinhead which he's not but skinhead is in the movie from back to the future uh the other guy is gunther jensen and in the movie, he plays uh, uh, Airhead. So he was okay. in two episodes of Married with Children. Uh, nice. He's in an episode of Babylon 5 as Night Watch Guard. Awesome. He's in uh, an episode of Saved by the Bell, and he is Coach Crumloff. Fucking awesome. So there's that. That's all the main things he's done. And he was a uh, security guard in the X-Files as well, the TV show. Very cool. Now, skinhead, I think, might actually be that guy with the with the hat on, the blonde hair. Oh, yeah, I've got to pause on him right now. Pretty sure that is the dude from Back to the Future. By the way, you need to be at 3235. Okay. 3235. All right. We are at... Uh, all right, I'm paused at 3235, so go ahead and unpause. Done. Booyah. Yeah, we use Tubi. Uh, if you're a fan of the podcast, seven-year-old kid drinking a beer. I have no idea. That's just bizarre. It's a, another wonderful addition to this movie. That's just bizarre. Um, but yeah, the so yeah, skinhead's that guy right there that looks like a skinhead with the overalls on. That is one of uh, Biff's crew. And, you can, and I, I recognize him now that he's sitting there. So yeah, the uh, we use Tubi. 
And Tubi is free, and it's great. You don't even have to put in an email address, but it does have ads, and they are just kind of random. Sometimes they do a countdown, like Dr. West has the countdown. I do not. I have the random just bad. Sometimes, if you listen to our other episodes, they sync up pretty well, where sometimes the doctor and I have the same ads happen. Well, not the same ads, but the same time they'll they'll show up, and they'll you know we're doing pretty good. But, but lately, it's just been so sporadic. Like, you'll just get hit with an ad, and I'll have the countdown. Now you have the countdown, and I have just the random ads happen. Yeah. So, yeah, they're a little uh, difficult. And the ads can be very quick. They can be over a minute long. That is a tough thing of uh, doing a podcast long distance, folks, is doctors in Florida, and I am at a undisclosed location. So it is, you know, not that easy, but... We have fun doing it, and Tubi usually has the best uh, So to catalog. quote Chester che- Cheetah, it's not that easy being cheesy. That's right. Especially when you're handling this level of uh, cinematic cheese here. Corey told me one time after he fingered a girl, he said, uh, if I was a cartoon character, I'd be Chester Cheetah. <laughs> so I guess this theater... Or at least that marquee and all that stuff is actually a miniature. So that's pretty cool uh, direction here by Mr. England. And now he's trying to be like, yeah, I smelled your panties earlier. And I jacked off in Spike's chair where hopefully you guys uh, spilled your juices. It's like, man, I, I just want to. Anytime you you just leave your panties wherever, and I'll make, I'll pick them up and put them in the washer for you. I, I totally won't take them and put them in my pocket and wear it as the a mask. Being his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I I won't put them on <laughs> my face when I get home. That chick right there. If I got her undies, I'd just be walking around with a fucking raging heart on while I was wearing them. <laughs> Well, like I said, you know, COVID. I really, and then I wanted to jack me off with those lace gloves on. <laughs> it's like when, you know, with COVID, with COVID coming back rampantly now, the best thing you can do is wear a girl's panties over your face. No one's going to say anything, you know. Or do what Doctor West does and just rub them over your shaft. <laughs> have that fucking lycra in your crack. <laughs> oh, look, he might have it. He's like, I got your panties right here. He's like, will you sign them for me? He's like, actually, you put these on again. I need some more of your stench on them. If you could just wear these while we're eating pizza, so you can have some of these garlic and red pepper farts in this in this panty string. That pizza actually looks good. It does look good. It's good. That's one thing we can look up is the. Filming locations of these. I'm sure it's in L.A. or somewhere. Where it's supposed to be set, I have no idea. It's not really a, anything suggesting where it is from. I could get out of this bullshit. Um... Yeah, it was, it was have the nudie, nudie playing cards. <laughs> it was filmed in Los Angeles, yes. Also known as Dial the Devil. 
It made almost $3 million in the U.S. and Canada. Opening weekend was 749000 Opened on March 26, 1989. So that's pretty cool. Let's see what this asshole said. I never read reviews on movies like uh, just people. <coughs> but I'll, I'll see what this, this one says. Uh, so maybe this movie isn't up for the Academy Award, but look at what people are saying. Just because Freddy Krueger directed it, people think it's going to be another Elm Street venture. Personally, when I first saw this movie, I didn't like it. I thought it was poorly acted and rather stupid. But then I looked into the movie, and I can identify with Hoax. No, not because of the atmosphere at home, or because of a cousin that saves the day. It was actually kind of sad. Uh... In high school every day I've faced toilet dunking and another horrible other horrible things that cruel people have done to me. I know what went on. If you're looking at it from a different point of view, then the movie isn't for you in the first place. But for anyone who has to deal with cruel jocks and for anyone who has always been ridiculed by girls and other, this movie is for you. Just don't expect it to be another Elm Street installment. That's very sad. Yeah, you want to hear the worst part of that? Of that the saddest part of that story you just read? What's that? It was written by wheelchair fucker, <laughs> which is really sad. And we don't like to toot our own horn here at Phantasm, but wheelchair fucker did write that. So yeah, our dwarf fucker. Um, and he he looks for more in humanity and gets less. Is he still dwarf fucker also, or is he is he taking on a new moniker? Right now, I'm just going to stick with wheelchair fucker. So he is he is returned as wheelchair fucker. Correct. So this episode from now, I'll go back and remember this. It's going to be called uh, <laughs> Nine Seven Six Anal: The Return of Wheelchair Fucker. <laughs> no, Nine Seven Six Rim Job. Oh, Nine Seven Six Rim Job. Uh, wheelchair Fucker's Return. The Return of Wheelchair Fucker. Yeah, the Return of Wheelchair Fucker. Or just nine seven six nine seven six well, wheelchair how about, how fucker. About this? How about this? Nine seven six rim job <laughs> wheelchair fucker the next generation. There you go. <laughs> uh, which homages the fourth <laughs> installment of Texas, which I love and everyone else hates. It's a really bad movie, but I've I've come around on it because I watched it when I was really young. Now that that other cut of it that comes with the Scream Factory, man, it's night and day. It's great. Yeah. Like I like it, and I've always liked it. I know it's bad, but I like it, and just I, I can't tell people other things anything that I just the movie worked for me when I saw it in the theater. But right. That other cut of it, where it changes from Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation to Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's a completely different cerebral experience. I really like it. And I love that that's actually Matthew McConaughey's first film. It's not based to Confused, it's it. Right. And there's going to be people listening to me right now going, no, Dr. West, because Days of Confused predates it. Well, uh, Texas Chainsaw Master of the Next Generation actually sat on a shelf for about four years. So actually, I'm right, and you're wrong. Right. Even though theatrically they uh, would be correct in saying that Days to Confuse was first, but technically the Texas movie was first. 
it just got shelled because Sony was like, wow, this is awful. We can't put this out. Right. And then they eventually were like, well, let's just put it out, which I wish the same thing would happen with that, uh, Batgirl flick that has Keaton in it. Right. Yeah. It's for the simple fact that I want to see Keaton as Batman again. And yes, kids, if you're wondering, I love the flash. I know a lot of people did, but, uh, it was awesome. I don't know what there wasn't to like about it. Really? I really enjoyed it. So it was good. Yeah. I enjoyed it quite a bit, but I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to go ahead and just, and we always do this at the end, but I'm going to go ahead and just do it right now before we go to altering the future. But I personally think this movie is paced incredibly well. Yeah, it's like, you know, throughout... I have, I have not been sitting here bored one time. Yeah, you're just waiting for, you know... But, I mean, is it or is it not paced pretty well? I think so. I mean, there's enough in it. There, you know, Hoax getting bullied and crashing his fucking Vespa like a jackass. And then him stealing panties, her fucking eating pizza. Uh, you got the, the devil shit, like, here and there where people are getting knocked off by the phone calls. And then now you got all hoax here, old Stephen Joffrey's in his jammies after he now, just. Now I'm going to tell you, in my version, uh, that chick shows up and rips the ass out of his jammies and gives him the nine seven six rim job. <laughs> in my version, a satanic tonguing, if you will. Yeah, a, a satanic lashing. Yeah. Um, so with he... the evilest of evils, a woman's tongue. So now he's just yeah. kind of pissed at her he is literally wearing toddler jams yeah i mean they're he's got some jammies on like a i mean he is literally and i know a lot of you a lot of younger folks which i don't understand this i'm gonna go ahead and just admit it uh i don't understand when i walk into a grocery store and people are dressed to go out in public in pajamas when they're like 38 yeah it's weird I don't. I think I personally think that's disturbing if you do that and it works for you maybe you could explain it to me sometime and even more so, if you can explain it to me, if you could have your uh, your wife or maybe sister or close girlfriend give me a rim job to thank me for tolerating the pajama nuisance when I'm trying to shop. Well, he's wearing his uh, J.C. Penny jammies. Not me, because I don't wear jammies. I sleep in the nude. But right. Um, but I'll take the rim job from your loved one. <laughs> Because, again, we have a theme going here, kids. It's 976 rim job. Yes. Um, so he's mad at her. I forget what she said to him, but he's there's her free TV dinner. You're he, free, phantasm dinner. He was just doing some huffing and jacking. And then now her dinner is going to turn into that spider. <clears throat> so he's really doing this ritual just to scare her, not to turn into a satanic killer, but we all want him to turn into a satanic killer, so... It's going to go over a lot further than this, obviously, and make this film a lot of fun. He's got a lot of bullies to knock off in this. You know, he, he's going to. It's time for him to take action here. So this is the first little step. Is scaring the shit out of uh, old Susie here. I mean, imagine having some voodoo shit happen with some kid down the street with your panties in his pocket and jammies on. Panties and jammies. And he's sending well, spiders it, it, into your ass. Wow. It, it, it could never Oof. happen to Dr. West, and I'll tell you why, because Dr. Oof. West... Uh, Dr. West 
would go to his house and I would give him the spider's back um, rectally. So. <laughs> Did you just kill her by killing the spider? Correct. Fuck yeah. There's his Vespa. Well, like I, said, I, I don't find him scary. I just want to kill him. Right, yeah. He's just a little, he's a little goober with a Vespa. That's pretty that's pretty brutal though. It is. Didn't even get the crack opener Shasta Cola. I mean that's just a shame. No Shasta Cola for Cola. What, what was the point of killing her? I forget. I think she made fun of him while they were eating pizza cuz he was trying to he thought it was a date I think and she was just talking and then he got offended cuz you know he stole her panties thought that you know it's like, well, I got her panties. I guess that means that, you know, we'll be good to go on this pizza date. And I think, I don't remember. I wasn't really paying attention, but I'm. it was after that scene where he got bullied again by those dudes. So, but she's a corpse. So, a spider corpse. Spider corpse, spider corpse. Speaking of death... I think we should get into altering the future. Well, ninety-one. This is eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. Sorry. Ninety-one's the sequel. You were close. That's uh, what I was looking. At. Yeah. So we will cue up the Chuck here and get into altering the future. Altering the future. Altering the future will take you back to the time of the fi- the feature film here. This one being 1988, so we'll kind of go over, uh, you know, just kind of take you back to that time period. So I usually cover the movies, and the doctor will do anything from uh, albums to porn to toys and nostalgia. Sometimes even you know, TV shows as well. So holy shit! If I got a surprise for everybody, can do. Okay. So we will start with the movies here, as we always do, with Altering the Future. I used to do it, you know, we've done these so many times now, I usually just do the horror first and then pick out some choice ones, or I'll save some for last, but I just kind of run through them now, uh, just give you an idea of the time period. So we'll go through just all of them here, and I have an ad, perfect. I want to add, 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 add. This one's about to be really quick, though. add, too. This is the only ad, so it's about to be done. We're synced up with it for a second. Anyway. I am back this on... This is some kind of weird... I'm back on 47, 40, uh, 47 minutes, 52 seconds. We'll just leave it where it's in at. You'll leave it where you find it. <clears throat> but we'll go into this. Uh, let me know when you're back on. Do you have a minute, or is it like a... No, it does, there's no time frame on what I'm dealing with. It's some kind of vaginal odor cream. Jesus Christ. I'm not lying to you. That's what it literally was for. When your panties get stolen, don't you want them to be fresh? It literally was It was for a vaginal odor cream. Which I, I hate to say this. Most women need that. <laughs> Ladies, it's true, and you know it, that, you're, that you're fucking, your hoo-ha smells like a toxic dump. <laughs> Sometimes your pH the is off. Ladies that don't, God bless you. Unfortunately, a lot of the ladies that I've had the unfortunate pleasure of dealing with, what is the time marker? 
Uh, 47 minutes, 52 seconds. I'm at 47.54 and it's paused. Unpause. Done. We are synced, my friend. Yeah, um, I've had some that just smell pretty all right or just even fruity somehow. I found the greatest thing in this world for this podcast today. But there are some other ones that uh, just... You hear me. I am so stoked. What's that? I'm so stoked to do my little bit here. Um, Okay. This is so cool. Nice. Um, Wow, that's awesome. Sorry. But yeah, ladies, sometimes it can get a little gamey. It can smell kind of like a wild animal, which a lot of people are into. Because we are technically wild animals. Supposed to smell like that, maybe. But it can freshen up a little bit. You know, it is a hole. It's like I don't walk around with my asshole stinking. I take pretty good care of it. So I would expect your hole not to smell like your ass, which sometimes it can. Not everybody, just be or, careful. Or know. like a or like a rotten sewer plant that exploded with fish in it. Yeah, if you smell like class of Newcomb High, you know, it's going to be an issue. And uh, it's, it's hard to tell somebody that because even if you're dating them, you can't be like, well, hey, you got a, you got a smelly cooter. It's, it's hard to do that and bring that up. Just like it would be for you to be like, man, he has really stanky balls, but you know, I know I don't have stank balls because I, I take care of my nutsack. You know, am I, am I Jewish dong? I take care of those those little guys and uh, try not to make them super gamey and smelly for you. You can catch me at a bad time where I've just been sweating all day. That's on you. Some people are just gross. I've met some gross ass people. I'll even be like, hey, I'm a little sweaty. You probably don't want to do that, and they just. Go for it. Like, all right, you're nasty. Good for you. So yeah, if you always check your pH stuff. If you're eating Taco Bell and fucking Chipotle all the time, you're, you're probably not gonna smell very good down there. Your diet has a huge, uh, you know, impact on your vaginal health. I'm not here to mansplain this to you. You should already know this. You're the you're the one carrying it. I'm just I'm just letting you know that I know. That's all I'm doing. So anyway, back to the future. Not had a good photo since Denny's, and man, do I have a photo for you! All right, send it while I'm doing this. So 1988 films. We're just going to run through the gauntlet here of 1988. So we'll take you to the time of 1988 when 976 Rim Job came out, and we're going to. Highlight that. 976 rim job. I'm going to be a stickler. That's 2023. It's property. Phantasmagora pictures. Right. But uh, this is where, you know, the movie surrounding this movie, this same year. So this is the other hits of the time. Beetlejuice, Child's Play, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, They Live, Return of the Living Dead Part 2, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, Bloodsport, Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood, Twins, uh, Waxwork, Pumpkinhead, which is an overrated turd, uh, Return of the Killer Tomatoes, uh, The Great Outdoors, uh, Vampire's Kiss, Die Hard, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, The Blob, Cocoon the Return, which is one of the Doctor's favorite movies, uh, Red, <laughs> Red Scorpion, License to Drive, Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, uh, Destroyer, 
Akira, Monkey Shines, uh, Rambo 3, Hell Comes to Frogtown, Heathers, Caddyshack 2, Ghost House, Sleepaway Camp 2, The Serpent and the Rainbow, which in my opinion is Wes Craven's best movie, uh, Tom Hanks Big, Willow, Dead Heat, Red Heat, uh, Slime City, The Undertaker, Phantasm 2, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Brain Damage, Critters 2. That's a lot of stuff. What a what a great year. Um, there's a Short Circuit 2, The Land Before Time, American Gladiators. Uh, Short Circuit 2 remake, Short Sodom 2. <laughs> <laughs> Bull Durham, that's a really good one. Police Academy Five, they already had that many by then. Uh, Naked Gun, uh, Scooby Doo and the Ghoul School, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, uh, Witchcraft, Black Eagle, Action Jackson. Uh, missing in action part three. See if I'm missing anything. Above the law, maniac cop, the Deadpool, messenger of death, which is Charles Bronson. Um, Dirty Harry movie, Deadpool. It's shit. It is good. It's good. Black Cobra two, Fred Williamson, Zombie three. Uh, Crocodile Dundee 2. And Ninja Strike Force. Let's see if there's anything else that I'm missing, but I don't think there is. Mac and Me, not a fan. Oliver and Company, which is one of my favorite Disney movies. Um... I think we got all the the big boys out of the way. So I'm pretty sure that that about sums it up. Oh, the nest! Can't forget that. That's another Doctor West favorite. <coughs> and hobgoblins, the brain, <laughs> the brain. Um, let's see. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm good with that list. If I left out anything, whatever. But I think. Uh, think that about sums it up. We got Cocktail. Cocktail's a good one. Uh, Mississippi Burning. It's a great movie. Hard to watch. Great movie. It is very hard to watch. It's like In the Heat of the Night with Sidney Poitier. Great movie. Hard to watch. Uh, Young Guns. Can't forget that one. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll end on uh oh Scrooge. Scrooge is good. Night of the Demons. Death Spa, Poltergeist Three, Hack O' Lantern, Ghoulies Two, which was almost an option. Uh that is Doctor West's belated birthday present. It is, thank you. That is nineteen eighty eight. Uh Hellbound Hellraiser Two. Um, Edge of the Axe, Slugs. Got Tapeheads, John Cusack, Tim Robbins. 
Uh, Ernest Saves Christmas. Layer of the White Worm. Ernest Saves Christmas was also something I remade, and it's Dr. West Couldn't Save Christmas, which is a very sad movie. <laughs> um, it is very sad, yeah. Dr. West had a good intentions of saving Christmas, but unfortunately he could not. So. <laughs> He failed like he does in so many things in his life, but it's okay. We just power through them, kids. So, uh, I guess I'll end on this one just on a good note here. Well, not yet. Coming to America. And then the last one I'll do is, uh, well, no. We got Big Top Pee Wee, R.I.P., Last Temptation of Christ. And the final one is uh, Funny Farm. And on that incredibly underrated Chevy Chase film, and he's got that Mets hat on the whole time, and I love him for that. Yes, he does. And we'll end on that and go Mets <clears throat> next year. Uh, next year. So mine, we are going to revisit the <coughs> Boys me. R Us catalog, which I'd like to refer Corey to a past memory, which I will not explain on here. But the Denny's infamous Denny's photo. Yes. Oh, yeah, I have to go look at this. One. Hang on. <laughs> so, Merry Christmas. So the, do we need to explain the Denny's photo thing? I'm no, sure. No, I'm not going to explain that. Okay. He just called this dude, hey, shriveled dick. So that's funny. Uh, anyway, yeah, please continue. Inside joke about the there's a Denny's photo. Now it's. Yeah, a- I, may, I may explain it. I just, I don't really feel like explaining it right now but it's uh by the way the guy holding him has been in a ton of shit oh yeah well very simply put with the denny's photo was a photo when we went to denny's a long time ago and you know we we have a a pretty big age difference with me and him we come from different uh generations so with, <laughs> with the denny's photo there's just like this older guy and his son or whatever with a with a bowl cut me being the, the little kid that had the bowl cut because I used to be a little kid with a blonde bowl cut. So it was just kind of funny and made that joke and then now we have a new one. And it's kind of the same thing. It's another kid with a fucking bowl cut. But do not explain the new one. The new one will not be explained. It's just funny. It is funny. But that is anyway, so that is the uh, the old joke. So now we're kind of Dr. West just kind of revitalized the joke we hadn't had for a while. So. I did. Anyway, Toys R Us catalog, nineteen eighty eight. I'm I'm ready for this. So we've got on the front cover it says you'll never outgrow us, which I hate. Absolutely hate that Toys R Us is not in this country anymore. No, it's only in Canada, which really chaps my uh, ass. It says open until midnight Monday through Saturday, starting November twenty first. So that's depressing because nothing can be open past ten o'clock now because of COVID. Right. Um. But on the front, I'm not a Nintendo kid, but I did have one. The original Nintendo's on the front here, and you get it and the power pad, nice. which you could dance around on and stuff. And it was, uh, the, you get it all for 150 bucks. And if you just want the Nintendo by itself, it's only 100 bucks, which was a goddamn steal. Um, video game wise, I had a ton of this stuff. So we've got Double Dribble, 
Castlevania Two, Simon's Quest, Life Force, nice. Top Gun, uh, Skater Die, the Ninja Turtles game. Uh, what is this? I had this game. Defenders of the Crown. God damn, I love that game. Blades of Steel, great hockey game. Contra. Um, what is this? Track and Field Two. And just some just some random stuff. Here's some more nintendo uh games we'll get to my video game section here in a second so we got rambo which is awesome gauntlet uh love gauntlet uh double dragon karate kid Gunsmoke, Karnoff. Karnoff was a game i played the dog shit out of iron tank was a game i played the dog shit out of um what is this uh, I don't know what that is. Look at all them kitties. Tiger Heli, I kind of remember that. Anyway, and then we've got some kids' bicycles for a hundred bucks pop. Um, and then we've got, which was something I was obsessed with in 1988, the Sega Master System for a hundred dollars. Oh yeah. Doesn't seem like a some lot games, now, but it games was. for that: Alien Syndrome, Great Football, Afterburner, Choplifter. Absolutely loved the Sega Master System. It was my shit. I had a Nintendo, but I preferred the uh, Sega Master System because it had better graphics. Um, and of course, this is really weird. <laughs> Atari, even in 1988, was still hanging on with their 7800 system, which was only 80 bucks. And then cartridges for the Atari were only 20 bucks because they knew they were about to go to business. Right. Uh, another thing I was never obsessed with, which I had friends that were remote control cars. They were $130 a piece, even in 1988. <clears throat> when you could have just got a Nintendo. A train track set for hundred bucks. No thanks. Was never interested in trains or train track sets. I I'd never understood people's obsession with that or remote control cars or boats, which there's several of these on here. I'm not even going to elaborate on that because I don't give a fuck about it. Um, I don't know what that is. Oh, it's more like Matchbox, like car playsets, Hot Wheels, and shit like that. Hmm. Um, what is this? Oh, I remember these toys. They were called Bone Age, and it was these toys that were marketed like prehistoric like adventure sets it sounds dumb but i was really into it and then mask which was m period a period s period k period and you could get the skybolt the stiletto or the venom barracuda and i had all of that shit i was all a fuck about it because i just loved those toys and then these obviously i loved here's some gi joe stuff we've got the gi joe mobile command center for 44.99 the Phantom Stealth Fighter for twenty one ninety nine, which these sell for hundreds and hundreds of dollars now if you have them, especially if they're new. Iron Grenadiers Demon, fourteen bucks. That probably sells for a hundred or more now. The Cobra Bug. I had all this shit. G.I. Joe figures, two sixty nine P's, which probably sell for 
three or four hundred dollars a piece now. Um, what we got here? Ah, Transformers for twelve ninety nine, eight ninety nine, and eight ninety nine. These were dirt cheap, and these are OG original Transformers. Oh yeah, uh, very cool. Nineteen eighty eight. Here we've got a uh, etch a sketch, but it was electronic, and they wanted 140 bucks. That did not sell and failed miserably. <laughs> Board games, which I used to enjoy playing with my uncle. Uh, a couple of those we've got here are uh, Liars Dice, which is kind of fucked up. Liars Dice. I don't know uh, Jenga. Everybody knows what that is. Guess who? Hotels. <laughs> Tub a rub rub, <laughs> the body action game, and it looks like I, I would say people probably bought tub a rub rub and did the anal dub dub. We got an ad in four, <laughs> three, two, one ad. Up, oh, I got an ad too. There you <laughs> go. <clears throat> I paused it and then I got an ad. So keep showing this Fox show called Snake Oil, which is just bizarre. Uh, here's some more board games. Fireball Island, Screaming Eagles, Hands Down, Win, Loser, Draw, Crossfire, and the haircuts. These are really bad. <laughs> um, what do we got here? Starting lineup, electronic talking baseball, $100. Weird. You would stick your cards in this thing, and it would play this. Really, It looks really ghetto. <laughs> um, but it's okay. It's got Jeffrey the giraffe on here, and that's kind of cool. Um, and that's what I got on that. And real quick, and I mean real quick, I'll run through. <clears throat> While I've got a bunch of ads, I'll run through 1988. Um, uh, I need to still pause it. I'm back on. Uh, no, it's there's ads going plenty on mine. Okay, I'm on an hour and four minutes, 49 seconds. They got the nudie cards. And it looks like they're eating cat food. I'm not even joking. It says nine lives. All right, here we go. Smoking cigarettes, drinking uh, Jack Daniels, and eating cat food. I'm going to do real quick. 1988 New Wave albums. When in Rome, their self-titled debut. So let's sync up real quick before I do that. Hour and four minutes. I'm in at 104.49. That's where I'm at. We're right on target here. None is play. Okay. Boom. Um, talk, talk, Spirit of Eden. Talking Heads Naked. Aha, stay on, the, on these roads. Duran Duran, big thing. Uh, camouflage voices and images Susie and the Banshees peep show metal rhythm Gary Newman Timbuk3 Eden Alley Boingo 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 Alive um, let's see here um, sorry about that my attorney was trying to call me just now over dealing with that today I'm not doing that right now uh, peace in our time from big country Lullaby from Book of Love, Tighten Up from Big Audio Dynamite, um, Hard Machine from Stacey Q, Best of the Thompson Twins, which is really awesome, 
the debut album from Information Society. Dude has a Return of the Living Dead shirt. That's pretty cool. Anyway. Yes, it is. It's even cooler because I just got one, too. Uh, Joe Jackson live from 80 to 86. Joe Jackson's amazing. Um, I always liked him. Is she really going out with him? Love that shit. Uh, Thomas Dolby. And yes, that's where Dolby Digital came from. He had an album called Aliens Ate My Buick in 1988. Weird. Um, Joy Division Substance, which was a collection. And uh, that's all I got from 1988 new wave albums that I may or may not have listened to when I was growing up. Nice. And the Toys R Us catalog, which will will remain its own thing. So, 1988 kids there you go oh there we go got some got some more boobage going they'll probably get interrupted by old uh, hoax out there killing those other two dudes <clears throat> we'll see that's very nice though and so, that's the one that I thought was underage but I guess she's not or she is she doesn't give a fuck yeah that's uh a little, little weird. Probably still young, but not that young. Um, and we got Jesus Loved the Devil Out of Me, a memorial service for Susan Walker. See, she's wearing the fucking boxers, too. That's just, that's like the second time they've done this. Oh, there's a body double poster. Interesting. Very cool. <coughs> Now he's now he's got like a mullet. What the hell's going on with that? He's starting to turn into the, a demon, so he's got the the devil mullet growing. That's pretty funny. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Be possible to enter with a pair of hearts. Very cool. Didn't get to see the murder, but putting in the... That was a very clever... Uh, it was a Quiet Riot poster. Nice. It was like a live a live poster. Like, come see him at the Freedom Hall on the December 7th or whatever it said. Oh, it's like a... That's cool. <clears throat> yeah, it was like a venue show poster for Quiet Riot with the mental health... Uh, Uh, cover there. So, so far for me, the Joffrey's guys, what's ruining this? Yeah, he's just kind of a butt. Well, it's not even that. He just looks disgusting. He looks like he needs a bath. <laughs> and he's just gross. It's like he's possessed, but he's bleeding to death. I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> he's, Yeah, he's turning into a nasty, like, demon thing. As it goes on. Speaking of he's wearing demon a, things. wearing his Goodwill outfit. Speaking of demon things that we like. Ooh. Phantasm. Um, I get to watch. And it has both cuts. Uh, I got to watch the... Uh, Ooh. One of the 4K discs. There's two with it of Exorcist. Nice. 
I highly recommend it. It is the nicest transfer I've ever seen Warner Brothers do with an older flick. Yeah. Wow. And it looks ridiculous. The Quiet and Riot poster also has Girl School on the same show. That's cool. Weird. But no, that's awesome. Is it that 100th anniversary Universal thing? That, that, what? Or did you get the steelbook of it? What are we talking about? Exorcist 4K. No, so I ordered... I ordered a... Um, Best Buy did a steelbook, but there was another steelbook that you could get through this set that sold out instantaneously, which was the 50th anniversary. And I got the 50th anniversary... Nice. And it has the classic cover art as opposed to just the blue demon thing, which was the best buy one, which I thought was okay. But I've actually got that arc in this set, but not on the steel book. Right, yeah. Um, but. Oh, shit. That's awesome. There's two 4K discs. So one 4K disc is the theatrical version. The other one is the, the cut from like uh, 99 or 2000. Right. The version you've never seen or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But what's cool is on I haven't watched the version you've never seen yet, but the 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 theatrical I put in for a second just to look at the transfer and you can watch it with an intro from uh um uh, oh um oh, fuck. Um I don't know. I cannot think of his name right now. Um, the director. But anyway. Um, William Friedkin. Thank you. So Bill, and then I was listening to the commentary on it, and the shit that has happened, and I, I know a lot of the lore to it, but the shit that they went through making that film was horrific. Oh, yeah. And fun fact for everybody, because... I heard him talking about it in the commentary towards the beginning uh, when Max von Sadow is over in like Iraq or whatever. Yeah. The, the beginning of the movie. I never knew. I knew Dick Smith did the makeup for The Exorcist, but I never knew who his protege was that helped him do that film, and it was Rick Baker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was interesting. I knew Rick Baker was a student of Dick Smith, but I never knew he worked on The Exorcist, so that was very interesting. That's pretty awesome. Because it's not listed. If you look up The Exorcist, it's not listed anywhere or attached to that at all. Right. But he was an unknown in the early 70s, so he was working under Dick Smith, so that was pretty brutal. Um, another thing that I wanted to mention to everybody out there, if you're a fan of The Exorcist, that I never knew listening to the commentary, was... Blatty's script that was mailed to Freakin from Warner Brothers kept getting lost. Like they would, they would overnight it, it would get lost or it would just disappear. It was lost. It was like he, they were trying for him like to not make the film the powers that be or something. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And then he finally got the script, and he said, I kept putting it off. And then finally I started reading it, and I couldn't put it down. And the rest is cinema history. Oh, yeah. Um, but I was reading a review. Ooh, he just bitch slapped his mama. Digest, which is where I get all my 
4K news and goodies from. And I thought it was very interesting that... Is he going to kill this bird? And, and I mean very interesting. I thought it was very interesting that there's all these people always attacking the movie. He's going to kill this bird. I don't know. I just know he looks... He killed the bird. I mean, he looks really creepy. Yeah, he does. Like, I've never... I don't think in a long time have I watched something like this and just wanted someone to die so badly. Like, I really wanted to die. (laughs) Well, we haven't seen his spike anywhere. I don't know what the fuck happened to him. He's just been... He's just disappeared for, like, this whole second half of the movie. It's like, we're in the fourth quarter now, Chief. Where's the... Did they kill him off? I don't remember ever seeing that. Well, no, he's in the second movie, too, so I don't know. Have not seen him in a while. It's been this uh, this guy. Old, old Meltzer. So I don't know where he's been. And I guess this is just his wife or something that just showed up. The last time we saw him, she was just there. Was an established character. Yes, that's Angela. Old Marty here. It's just, I don't know. Just don't know where dude is. So, yeah. That's the cool thing as to reflect on what the doctor was saying. It's it's cool to actually have physical media because you're not going to get all that extra shit if you're just streaming it on an app, you know? No. You get all the good and features. And the other thing about it is, is the print, for real, more than really anything since, I'll, I'll have to say, The Exorcist is, is the first thing since Friday the 13th came out in 4K last year, which I didn't shut up about, from Paramount. Um, it's that good. Yeah. And it looks ridiculous. Like, it really is quite nice. Like, I was I was blown away with it. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it. I'm sure it looks fantastic. There's a lot of, like, in this movie, there's a lot of weird, purposeful cigarette placement. Like, there was even, like, the packs of, like, cigarettes. Like, I think they were Marlboro. I don't know. Like, usually you kind of, like, just figure that smoking is like a normal thing in movies where it looks natural but in this movie and correct me if I'm wrong it hasn't looked it looks forced like they're like they got paid to smoke during the movie I don't know it was very weird maybe they got a sponsorship from I guess because they they were like just do like a really big close up of her just going to town on the cigarette that's what they were doing I mean it didn't look natural it looked like she was smoking to smoke it you know Death from below. And I don't even know what all this shit is. It looks like they just... Is that cocaine? Like, what the fuck is all that? Well, this movie's bizarre, like I said. I don't know. Is it supposed to mean that, like, hell froze over or something? That's, like, ice? Or is it... I can't tell what that's supposed to be. That's just weird. Oh, it's like... There's Yeah, it's frozen. I guess they... It's just weird. 
Miss Martinez. Yeah, I'm waiting for somebody to kill this asshole. It's getting... I was rooting for him at first, and I was just kind of a butt. Yeah, he's annoying, and I, I always thought he was annoying, and I'm probably the only person that you'll ever meet that likes Fright Night that wants to just kill him at the beginning of the film. No, he's very annoying in that movie. I just don't like him in general. I, I don't like him in anything I've ever seen him in. This movie's fine. He doesn't ruin the film, but to, to quote something you used to say to me, he just has one of those faces where I want to fucking... <laughs> Punch it in. He does have a punchable face. And you can't fix punchable faces unless you do it yourself. But yeah, yeah if, fix, it, fix it for you. Yeah, that's right. But if and it's just this, this movie just took a weird turn because I don't remember seeing this Angela character at all until like Marty gets fucking zapped when he tries to like pick up the phone and then she right. she like runs out of nowhere and is just like, Oh my god, are you okay? Like I had no idea she was a character in this movie. I, I don't think she was in it until that scene. I really don't. I don't remember seeing her. Maybe I'm not yeah, paying no, attention. And then, you know, he starts turning into this ugly demon bastard. And then, you know, he had an agenda where he was knocking off the bullies. They were all killed off screen, but some of the scenes were actually pretty cool after the fact. Uh, well, the one guy got impaled by a neon pitchfork sign, which is pretty cool. Uh, then he bitch slaps his mom and kills her, and then now he's just trying to kill everyone else in the movie. I just don't. I don't know. He kills a bird. It's just a lot of weird shit. And now they got the hell frozen over shtick with the downstairs, which is also just weird. <clears throat> like, let's make it a winter scene. Okay. And then we'll see what they do here. You got all the, the kitties everywhere. They're like, fuck you. Is she the dead body? Yes, she is. Oh, that's wonderful. You got the cats eating her corpse. That is actually disgusting. Yes, it is. Oh. It's actually very cool. Uh... In in the worst way possible. Now that picture, there's a picture of a uh, of Jesus, which I've seen that many times in a uh, in pawn shops or uh, sorry, like Goodwills and Carms. They usually mm-hmm. have one of those for like five ten bucks. So if you want your creepy Jesus uh, picture framed, you can go there. So he now looks like a Lord of the Rings character. He does. He looks very like goblinish. I'm just going to call him Gollum Goblin. <laughs> so 976 who Goblin. Also, who I also fucking hate. 976 so. Goblin. There you go. No, 976 Gollum. Yeah, that's that works. Because he seriously is just crazy annoying. Yeah. Now he's about to pop some titties out. I guess that's probably where there's supposed to be a rape scene maybe is this. So I'm kind of glad they cut that out because I do not want to see that. Yeah, I don't have any interest in saying As much as I kind of want to see her boobies, uh, in that context, I would rather not. So 
they can just skip it for the sake of saving me that displeasure of seeing that. Oh, damn, he just fucking threw her ass down the fucking stairs. Yeah, he does look like a Lord of the Rings character. <clears throat> right, which is not a compliment. If anybody that knows me, they know I don't like him this shit. So. Right. He just uh, threw her down to back to the Shire there. I just don't get this hell froze over cold bullshit, and now they're... I guess this place is turning into hell. Is there... I do think his eyes are cool. I dig that. The movie's fine. He just... He looks like a Lord of the Rings character. I can't deal with it. You know what else he kind of looks like? That stupid movie, uh... Oh, what's it called? Sleepwalkers or whatever? What's his name? Yeah, there he is. There's Spike. It's like, where the fuck have you been? You took the day off. He's not playing poker. We know that. He was just hasn't been in the movie for the last, like, 35 minutes. Made zero sense. Unless, again, I missed somewhere where he said he was going to, he had to go do something. I don't know what's more important. Maybe he was at that chick's funeral this whole time. I don't know. Didn't look like there was many people there for her in attendance. Go to hell, mommy. So now hell is just this frozen landscape. This is wonderful. What the fuck does he have there? The biggest problem with Stephen Joffrey's is also that I've always thought he looked like a weasel. And he is kind of a weasel in all his movies. So... You know, th- this movie's actually quite fun. It is very fun. I did a good job. Would <laughs> I have changed the casting of Stephen Joffrey's? Yes. You know. You don't want him to be a demon weasel? No. Well, this guy's a little fucking pea shooter. It's supposed to be... It looks like a little Luger, but then it's like... His skin is fucking nasty looking, too. Yeah, it's gross. For someone that has skin issues, aka I don't like body horror, I can't really do that either. Armageddon this cousin. It's just cheesy. Oh, punch him in the face. There you go. He's about to fucking kill you. With his nasty devil hands. Like I wonder if he still has that girl's panties in his I pocket. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure in the, in there was an earlier scene where he was doing stuff, and Doctor West slipped in and took the panties. Oh, okay. I thought I thought I saw that, but I wasn't sure. It was a Australian director's cut version, but <laughs> um, I, I a teenage Doctor West slipped in and actually took the undies. <laughs> and he wore them out undetected and then pleasured himself later. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I've, TMI for everybody out there, but... I've never seen that version. Know, so. Now you know. I'm a completionist. I like to watch all the versions, so that's one I uh, haven't seen. Uh, now, is it an off-screen pleasuring? Because I don't want to see the actual... That, that is not... That was not filmed. Okay. It's just kind that of... You had to be there kind of things? Correct. Okay. But it it alludes to the fact that I pleasured myself. Right. Extra extra dialogue. Correct. 
Yeah. See, now it's, uh, there's flames everywhere. It's starting to look like real hell, not frozen over hell. He's trying to dump these two. One of them being a completely brand new character that hits in the last, like, 45 minutes of the movie, just shows up out of nowhere, and they treat, they're treating her like a final girl, which makes no sense. Now Spike, with his mullet, has to do something. Well, I thought he was, like, three different actors, and he's actually just the dude from No Holds Barred, which is really weird. It is weird. Old Patrick O'Brien. Because he really does look like he is from something besides this that you'd be like, man, that guy's great. Yeah. But it's not. By the way, the the Jaeger makeup in this also gets an F. Um, I don't think it looks good. Not for the guy that did Nightmare on Part 2. Right. Uh, The the hands, you can tell, it looks like he bought those at Party City. Yeah, it's like a glove. Um, It literally, it's painfully obvious that they're Party City gloves. (laughs) Um. The blood looks fine, but the other makeup he chose to do on the evil dude is just not... I'm just not into it. So you get an F, Kevin Yeager. <laughs> yeah, it looks weird. But, but I will say this, though. The complimentary thing about this, so we don't eat up too much time at the end, the, this movie has a great pace to it. Yeah. It's... It moves around. But like I said, I don't feel sorry. Like the, the guy you were reading his suicide letter earlier, I don't feel sorry for this character because he looks like a weasel. Right. So if I mean, you, he's also stealing if, people's if panties. Put, if you off. put like a different actor in here where I could feel sympathy for them. But every time I see him, I just want him to be like, you're so cool, Brewster. It's all I could keep seeing him saying because I have my muted. So Right. Well, yeah, me too. Obviously. Like right now he's going, you're so cool. And he's like, listen, you fright night weasel. <laughs> You gotta kick him into this fucking pit, please. This is getting old. There you go. Oh, you can just fucking straight up body slam him into the pit. Yes. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) This little dummy corpse flying in there. There's B-movie Ethan Hawke, or Beethan Hawke. There you go. Good job. Yeah, that's a blue screen. Yeah, that's pretty bad. It's one of, uh... Robert England's many miniatures in the movie, because I guess they couldn't, with his Elm Street money, couldn't afford to have real sets, so he had to do (coughs) miniatures, which is effective, but I mean, you're watching this in 2023, you're not 88, you're like, oh damn, that's a a beauty there. Ugh. What a slob. Yeah, now you got this jack off. Obviously, the a devil guy. The next. Oh, man, what a slob! He's even calzone. What a fucking slob! That's a jelly donut. Looks like. Oh, I thought it was a fucking calzone. Ugh. I was like, you're a goddamn slob. <laughs> very nice. See, so he's very weaselly. Yeah, he is weaselly. Oh, weird. Robert Picardo is Mark Dark. Huh. Robert Picardo is the goddamn doctor from fucking Voyager. There you go. Guess who's well, that? Does that mean he was the voice on the phone? 
I thought that yeah, I I thought the voice was a chick, and then he would come on after. I think. Let me look it up. Very weird. No, I don't want to play brain that's scan. That's the biggie we missed there. Yeah, that's the first time they've showed him. Let's see. He got an eighty-eight. Yeah, just Mark Dark. I guess that was the phone guy. Robert Picardo. Yeah. Fucking awesome. That's the shit. And kids, he's also in the burbs. I love Robert Picardo. Robert Picardo's the other garbage man besides the dude Corey Huh. <laughs> or liked or whatever that other fucking dude's name is. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, phone <clears throat> phone line owner. Very cool. Yeah, that was him at the fucking end. That was Robert Bogardo eating the fucking uh, calzone or, or, or donut or whatever. Yeah. That was Robert Bogardo. It's pretty badass. Yeah, There's always a Star Trek tie somewhere, folks, in horror. We always anticipate it, and it's usually there. And it makes me very happy. So, final thoughts. Uh, movie's good, you know. It's a classic, uh, late eighties, late eighties horror movie. Um, you got the Kevin Yeager effects, not his best, but you know, there's. I, I do like Robert England's direction of the, of the movie. It was his first movie. Oh yeah, it's, it's I don't good. know what else he's directed. It's good. Uh, if he did direct other things after that, but I do. I do like his a lot of his shots. Like you know, most of the kills were off screen, but when he goes back to revisit them, there are very clever ways to do that. I respect that. I thought it was very interesting. Um, the sets, for the most part, look good. This is a very like gritty, grimy looking film, which I like. It's just, it's just dirty the whole time and run down, and it adds a lot of grit to the movie. Like the, <clears throat> it's almost like the atmosphere. Yeah. And the characters' environment is. Almost more, uh, I don't know. It's it's its own kind of character almost because it it adds so much more depth to the movie by having such a gross like environment around it. So it makes oh, yeah. it makes it feel like you're watching something like just like ugh. And so that 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 definitely uh, was a huge part of it too. So set design, I guess you can say, was was pretty good. It was like in a little league of its own. It still felt very eighties and. Uh, just to answer this question, because I always get a lot of emails about certain things we say on episodes. Um, here's a here's a, a question from a woman in Canada, and it says, "Dr. West, were you aroused when you had snuck off with the panties?" <laughs> and I'm the, the only thing I can tell you is I was moist. Moist, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, overall good movie. It's better than the Friday Night now. Um, but yeah, it's it's it, it's definitely something you that would be good if you have it in your collection, whether it be VHS or if you have the Blu-ray, good good for you. Um, about to watch it free on Tubi. Have some friends over. It's a good movie to watch. It's a lot of fun. And the the just to be clear on this, the Phantasm renaming of it 
My version, <coughs> Rim job. Correct. Corey's version is, um, and I like this one. This is very, very good. Was you got nine seven six rim job. But Corey's version of nine seven six evil is Weasel Mind. <laughs> Because he agrees with me that Stephen Goffrey's is a weasel. No, it's just 976 weasel. (laughs) (laughs) 976 weasel. And he just turns into an actual weasel. Or or, 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 (laughs) weasel evil. Yeah, weasel. (laughs) Weasel. It's, It's just him slowly throughout the movie turning into a weasel. Like, like an actual. He did look like a weasel. He did. He just turned into or like a chipmunk. But yeah, it's pretty funny. So how about just yeah? I think Weasel Evil. Weasel Evil. The next exciting movie from Stephen Joffrey's. It's a movie about me, where a lot of people. It's had various people who don't like me. Right, like you know, collaborate on a script about how I turn into an actual. Jewish weasel and it's played by Stephen Joffreys who is an actual weasel turning I mean, into a weasel the, the, the weasel. working title we've been working for you <coughs> excuse me was cash weasel <laughs> <laughs> weasel America <laughs> cash weasel America <laughs> it's called cash weasel America so you want to tell a story tell that story all right, uh, wrap up the episode here. We'll, we'll end with this. So uh, I had just gotten a job at, at a pawn shop. But explain to people what you had to do, because people may not understand you had to like hustle people for money. Well, I'm, like about, I, I, I'm about to. So okay, cool. I just want you to make sure yeah. you explain. No, no, we, you're, we're you're good. good at doing it. I just wanted to remind you. Yeah, yeah we're at, I, I started working at a pawn shop. Explain what they wanted you to do. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm getting to that. So I started working at a pawn shop, and it was the first time I've ever worked somewhere like that. It's a, you know, a commission-based job. So you get a regular paycheck, but you get a lot more on your paycheck. Like you actually start earning some of what you sell if you sell a certain amount, like you know, a, a certain dollar amount a month or a week. So let's say the goal for the store to sell would be like, I don't know, Two to three thousand, maybe more, like in that week. Wow, so, I don't even think it was that high. It was something like that. You want to make like a certain amount each week or each month, and then whoever, whoever, the way they used to do it was whoever was the highest contributor to that. You know, they, we had as employees, you know, or associates or whatever you want to say. <laughs> We had goals, like individual goals to be met. And when those goals were met, you got paid like a certain amount for it, like a premium off of what you made. Like you make 1% or 2% off of like what you made like for that month or whatever it is. So as the, the Jewish weasel that I am, <clears throat> I started making money as soon as I got in there. I was just naturally good at selling and, and making, you know, uh, building a clientele of customers, if you will, as soon as I started working there. Right. I started, hit, I started crushing the goals, like literally 
crushing what the expectations were. And they promoted me within two weeks, like of being there because I was so good at selling stuff. Right. And they, you know, cause you start part time is how they work you in. And then if you're good, they'll start you full time because they want to leave the part time. You know, if you're new, they're going to leave you to where you're not making a whole lot of money and everyone else that's been there is going to make more because they're, they're full time. Part time weasel, full time weasel. Right. Obviously I was doing way better than anyone else that had been there. So they're like, Oh yeah, we got to hire this kid full time because he's, he's making our store a lot of money. Did that. And, uh, I worked with this one lady. She used to work at Comcast and all this bullshit. We were like pretty, you know, every, everyone we, I worked with, we were pretty tight, but, uh, this one girl started, you know, she had her issues with how she, with her work ethic. She wasn't like all in on everything. She was kind of lazy with how she made sales. Right. She just figured she could just get shit by doing doing everything the way she was doing it, which it's was kind of a comment. Yes, that's an understatement, but yes. I never judged her for any of that, but there was there was this one time where she had herself tied up with like three different customers in the store. There was one that was looking at TV. She's being greedy. Yeah, she was. She she was like, oh, those are my customers. That's my, you know, she was doing all this. And I think that day it was just me and her and like one other person. Because usually it was about three of us plus the two managers or sometimes three managers. There was like two assistant managers and a main store manager, me and a couple floor employees. You know, we usually have more, but I think that day we had, we only had me and her at the time, maybe one other person. But she was in there. She had somebody tied up with the TVs, which is one of the the quickest ways of making money is to sell a big-ass TV to somebody. It's very easy to sell, good, quick money, because uh, people usually don't put those on layaway. They usually buy them outright. And then jewelry is the other big seller. You always want to make a jewelry sale if you can, if you see someone looking at it. And she had somebody else she was currently helping with a pawn, too. So what she did was she was trying to get me to deal with the pawn in the middle of her doing it so she can go make a sale in the jewelry and over in the TV section, which right. some, you, can, you almost can't do either or because the way the store was set up, the jewelry is on the other side. So you would have to either do one or the other. You can't sit there and try to manage two people. So I don't remember if she finished the pawn or I just said fuck you and went to the back or I finished it for her and I was done. I went up to the managers and I was like, hey, she's trying to like tie up two customers here. And it was like, do you see that guy walking around the TVs? Go get him. He's still, she can't fucking claim two different people in the store. She left that guy to go deal with the jewelry sale because she wanted to make the most money. So she thought that the person was going to buy jewelry. So my manager was like, go take, go take it because they're just, they're going to leave the store and she's not going to get shit. I was like, okay. So I went over, helped them with the TV, got them to like plug it up and everything to make sure it worked. It was a really nice TV too. It was an expensive TV. It was not a cheap one. It was one of our more expensive TVs in the store. Like it was over, I don't know if it was like over 500 bucks. It was a really nice TV. So as I was doing that, she was dealing with the woman at the jewelry counter. And while I was about to, you know, while I was starting to ring her, ring that person up, they're like, oh yeah, hey, that's my sale. So I'll ring that up. And she was trying to like shove me out of it. And I was like, no, you abandoned this customer and walked over to do that one with jewelry. I, I helped him the whole time. You All you said was, I'll be with you in a minute. 
Never went and looked for TVs with them. Right. You just fucking left to get the bigger sale. Well, the funny thing happened. That person she was trying to sell jewelry to the whole time ended up leaving, didn't buy shit. I got the TV sale. And she okay. was in front of this customer unprofessionally trying to, like, nudge me out of the sale that I did work on. And uh, when the customer left, she started freaking out on me, screaming at like, literally screaming in the store. Like, really? And saying how I took her sale and she called me a weasel. She's like, you're, you know what you are? You're just a fucking weasel. <laughs> so that's where that comes from, which I wasn't a weasel. My managers were the weasels telling me to do it. I was just going to let her do her thing. And I didn't. I was like, whatever. I'll take her money. If she had made well, the joke. Sur- I've done a survey on <laughs> X and, it, and our, our listeners seem to think that 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 woman was the weasel. Yeah, she's trying to she's trying to like. Take the whole store for herself when she couldn't help the whole store. If she could do both, right. fine. But you're going to let customers run out of here with no one making sales. I did what was best for me, but also what was best for the store. I put money in the store. Her customer left because she was fucking not good at selling shit. Right. And she tried to dump her pawn off on me so she wouldn't even help that customer, which is still a customer. People paying on their pawns is a customer. They're putting money in the store. You know, and eventually they made that expectation of, uh, you know, she left after that, too. I didn't, she, after that weasel thing, she was gone. She left. Really? Like, she fucking quit, like, not too long after that. Yeah. Wow. It's like, good, fuck you. You know, you're a shitty fucking salesperson. I think she was jealous the second I came in there because I started making sales. Like, well, you either, you know, push yourself to do as good as me or I'm just going to keep doing or swim. I'm going to keep doing the best I can do. I wasn't really doing anything that much differently i just was new to the job and i was hungry to prove myself and i'm good at making friends with people and making sales i guess i don't know now the other survey i did was down at jethro county survey farm in tennessee where they they uh have a lot of plots and scary people running around duke spook and they said that you were a weasel right yeah i mean if um, they say it it's probably safe to say that i am and that's run by travis tritt just to let you know that (laughs) so uh which you know he knows everything about wrestling and podcasting right so um but no i i that was always i just thought that was fucked up but you know yeah i mean it is what it is she was jealous because i started you know I, i came in working hard and she wasn't she was always the the one that managers complained about because she wasn't really doing her job that well and she was just kind of squeaking around and trying to make some sales. I was crushing it because I gave a shit. Right. You know, after a while, I was the person that stopped giving a shit. They started putting, right. they started raising the level that's almost impossible to get to to where you can get like a 1% out of your sales that you work for. They started making pawns way more of a... Uh, expectation so you had to have in order to make the money off of your sales you would have to have a certain amount of pawns also and usually you wouldn't meet those because you can't you can always go get a customer and help them make a sale but you can't always get people to walk up to you and pay on their pawns like it's that just happens or it doesn't you know so it, it ended up becoming just a over time just a worse place to work and they made it pretty impossible for you to make your own money and really the commission thing was just a waste of time <clears throat> to the point where it's like there's no motivation to make your own sales anymore. You're just like, it's just a job at that point. There's nothing competitive or 
a little challenging about it. It's just now it's a shitty job. You're not making any more money than you would be, so there's no reason to even make any sales. I'll just sit there and take pawns all day. Like I'm not going to go out of my way to make sales. Right. If I'm not going to ever make that money for myself, you know. Because you can think 1% is a lot, but with our expectation, when I was first started doing it, I would get an extra like two, 300 bucks on my paycheck. Sometimes 500 extra. Just from busting my ass, which I did all the time. And then after a while, you know, they took that away. So <clears throat> well, that's the, the Jewish weasel story. And I am forever the Jewish weasel because of that. So if, if helping out a customer get a TV purchase makes me a weasel, because her stupid ass wanted to, you know, try to own the whole store without even helping any of the customers, then I guess I am a weasel. But that's right. that. <laughs> so on that note, 976 Weasel, a lot of fun. Weasel Evil. 976 Anal, uh, that is a 2023 Phantasm podcast film. Uh, I don't well, think it'll I be. Well, I prefer 976 Rim Job, but. Right. Well, in 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 uh, France, it is known as nine seven six anal. <clears throat> oh. Over here, it is nine seven six rim job. Mm. In the states, so be on the lookout for that. And check out Stephen Joffrey's, you know, in uh, Fright Weasel. <laughs> yeah. Very popular vampire film, and you know, <laughs> he's going to make you lobotomized oh so slowly. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, Fright Weasel's another good one. <laughs> we appreciate you all listening. Be sure to subscribe. Uh, follow us on social media, Facebook at The Phantasm Podcast. Um, you can also, and if, if you were a fan of the podcast and you have, fa- you know, you were on Facebook before and you're like, where the hell did the podcast go? Well, it's a new podcast page. It's called The Phantasm Podcast. So go back and give it the same like you did before. We appreciate that. Follow us on Spotify and all the other music streaming shit uh youtube go give that page uh, some love got a lot of stuff on there a lot of goodies from dr west a lot of interviews a lot of stuff to come um speaking of robert england we have uh don dockin coming on so it's very exciting very lengthy interview talks about a lot of shit about the band about his band now a new record coming out all kinds of stuff so it's a lot of fun be on the lookout for that and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. We appreciate you listening and watching. Hopefully you're watching along with us as well, or if you're at work. Or you're about to uh, yank your crank and go to bed, whatever the hell you do. Listen to our podcast. We appreciate it. So keep streaming, and we will keep uh, we'll keep doing this. So, Yeah. Stay fucking gory. And you know something? I sort of enjoyed it. Phantasm.